This is Your Working Life, a podcast that provides you with tools, inspiration, and resources so you can enjoy your career and love your life. I'm Caroline Dowd Higgins. I'm a speaker and a career and executive coach, and today I welcome Diana Morris to the show. Diana will talk about helping people pinpoint their power and pivot into authenticity. Diana, I'm really excited to have you on the show. It's been great learning about you. And we are kindred spirits in that we are both coaches. And you describe yourself as a clarity coach, which is is different. So I would love for you to share with our audience, what is a clarity coach? and, And how might that be different from working with another kind of a coach? Right. Well, hello. So nice to be here. And for me, I call myself a clarity coach because I really help people find clarity, not to use the word in the definition, but a lot of times folks come to me when they're in the middle of a transition and they're not quite sure what's next. So they've got a lot of options around them, so they're feeling overwhelmed, or they don't know what decision to make, or they're not sure what they want. And through certain questions and conversations and resources I connect people to, I help them begin to see what they're looking for, and I make things clear for them because at the end of the day, everyone has the answers inside of themselves. It's a matter of, you know, asking the right questions and having the right support to find it. So I key in on that clarity piece because there's so many different types of coaches out there. There are life coaches, health coaches, business coaches, and they all serve a purpose, but this is specifically to help you understand what it is you're looking for and pinpoint specifically how you can get it. I love that. And you're right. The hallmark of a great coach is helping someone find the answers that are already within them, right? Mm-hmm. Peeling back those layers and asking those those probing questions. So what led you to this specificity in your coaching? Was there something that happened in your life or, or work that you had done? Because clearly this is a niche. Yes. So it's all of the above. It really started in my own personal life. I've always been that go-to person that friends come to when they need a sounding board, when they need that kind of objective, logical lens at things, um, when they're in the height of emotions of those, again, those transitions and those difficult moments. I'm usually the person to say, all right, well, what do you actually want to happen next? And how can we figure that out? So my personal life um, with friends, family, I've served that role. And then also professionally, I work in higher education. So part of my full-time role is being a university administrator. And I speak with students day in and day out about the decisions they make. Um, Specifically, I work in student conduct. So (laughs) students come to me after they've done things that don't align with university policy. And in addition to holding them to those policies, I really speak with them about, all right, here are the decisions you made in that moment. What was the context in which those decisions were made? And does it align with the person that you say you want to be and the member of our community that you say you want to be? So it's really bridging the gap between, you know, what I went to graduate school for, what I do in my personal life, and then my own personal interests trying to extend the resources and support I offer to people outside of my immediate network. Well, that's awesome. Really wonderful to see how synergistic both both lives are and come together to honor your your talents and your strengths. You know, it's an interesting time uh, in COVID, right? We're all navigating a very ambiguous journey in that we don't know exactly what's happening next. And while that is true in all times, it's particularly poignant now. And do you find that this is a time where people are saying, oh my gosh, I really need you because life is unclear right now. And, and I, mm-hmm. I'm trying to find my purpose and my meaning. 
Absolutely. And yes, I mean, the hallmark of life, the way life works is that you don't know what comes next. And what I find so, I guess, powerful about this collective moment that we're all going through is that no one has the answer, right? Typically, when you go through life transitions, you can look to your friend, you can look to your cousin, you can look to the person on the TV screen who's navigating a similar transition, and you can kind of have an idea, you can kind of have kind of the blueprint of like, all right, well, here's what's possible after this thing happens. But now none of us have lived through a global pandemic before. Sure, we can read the history books about the Spanish flu and all these other things, but that was a different time and place. That It was just different then. So what I know a lot of people are being overwhelmed by when they come to me is I have no idea what to even expect, right? I have no idea what to be disappointed by. I don't even know what I should be reaching for. And my role is to help them figure out, all right, well, forget the blueprints that you've kind of used as a crutch before. Because if you think about it, looking at other people's experiences is helpful, but a lot of times we cling to that as the only possibility. And what this moment is, it's a blue, it's a blank slate where we get to decide, all right, of all the possibilities that exist, Which ones do I want to explore more? Which ones do I want to create for myself? Which ones do I want to imagine? Um, So it's definitely a time of uncertainty and I want to honor that and not, you know, do the whole stay positive, look on the bright side because it's difficult. There's a lot of difficulty happening now. Um, And within that, I try to encourage people with what you have because this isn't going anywhere anytime soon. And even if it does officially go away, the ripple effects are going to last. So how can we manage that the best way possible? I appreciate your reality check. You're right. This is not a time for rose-colored glasses, right? We need Mm -hmm. to have uh, a sense of uh, assuredness that we are in control of our own destiny and we have to invest that time. Do you find, regardless of COVID, that Mm -hmm. that people often get on that busy cycle, that busy treadmill, and they don't give themselves the quietness to really Mm -hmm. reflect on what's important to them. What are your thoughts about how do you even start, right? How do you give yourself permission to say, okay, I need to focus? I love that question because absolutely. So I was actually thinking about that this morning because, you know, I woke up, did my general scroll through the interwebs. And I saw a post on Instagram outlining all types of rest there are, right? So you can go for a walk, you can call a friend, you can turn off your phone, you can take a nap. And it brought me back to when I went to like a work event and one of the icebreakers was, what do you like to do in your downtime? And I said, I like to nap. That's what I put on my post-it note. It got up there and it got laughs from the other people in attendance. And I said to them, like, I'm so serious. Like I appreciate you know, doing all these different hobby things. But for me, it's so important to rest. And my rest looks like a nap more times than not, because we are so programmed to go, 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 right? I remember, you know, speaking in the context of COVID, when it's all started to happen, and we started to get a better sense of what was occurring. There were a series of tweets where people were saying, you know, well, Shakespeare wrote King Lear during his <laughs> pandemic. And um, I think with Newton discovered gravity. And it's like, y'all, like, yes, you can, you know, change the face of science, or you can sit with yourself because now you don't have the distractions, now you don't have the brunches, now you don't have the concerts, now you don't have the things to fill your time. And you can really start listening to yourself. You can start realizing what your voice sounds like because 
all of those other things drowned you out for so long. And that's part of why people are uncomfortable now is because, oh God, I've got to listen to me. I don't even, I'm not even sure if I like my own company. And that's something that's really difficult to grapple with and come to terms with, but it's a chance for you to change it now. Now that you know the thing, what are you going to do differently? I love that. And well done on naps, right? I mean, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're just so rejuvenating, but I find too, it's just, it's this space for, um, creativity too, right? You yes. wake up, even if it's a cat nap, right? And it just gives you permission to to kind of clear the slate. And yes. I don't think we get quiet enough with ourselves to give our brains that that space to consider what the options are. And, and that's my segue. Everyone's questing for authenticity. And you mm. write so beautifully about this in your book and you coach about this as well. So what is authentic and authentic life and how do we begin to find it? Yeah, for me, I feel as though, you know, authenticity is now one of those buzzwords. I think every quarter, every few months, we have a new it word that comes up. And right now, authenticity is getting its time to shine, which I'm personally thankful for because I think it's really important. Um, But the way I specifically design it is or define it is what is real and true for you and how can you bring that into every part of your life day in and day out? point blank simple. What is real and true for you? And how can you bring that into every part of your life day in and day out? So that means at work, are you, you know, commenting when you have something to say? Are you challenging when you have something to challenge? Of course, the time and place and the space you're in is going to require different lenses and different approaches. But at the core of it, is it real and true for you? In your personal relationships, are you being yourself? Or are you hiding part of yourself and like putting you know, pieces of you on timeout as though you're on punishment for something because you don't feel comfortable or you don't feel empowered enough to stand up tall and do what it is that you need to do? So for me, it's really important because you know we're here, right? Wherever you are, whenever you are, that's where you are. And you only get one shot to be in that space at that time. So are you making the most of it? Because, you know, we know not the time, day or the hour. We just know that we've got what we've got until we no longer have it. And you can't really go back and undo it. You can change it. You can pivot. You can alter. But when you're missing those moments where you could have been something, where you could have said something, that's often the moment where people sit down and say, darn it, like, oh, I don't feel good about this anymore. And it's because they weren't being authentic to themselves. And even if they don't call it that, at the core, that's what it is. They weren't being real and they weren't being true. Beautifully put. Diana Morris will be right back after a quick break. Your working life is powered by your stories. We want to hear more from our listeners about your experiences in the workplace. Tell us what challenges you've overcome or tips you've learned along the way. And even better, if you don't have the answers, Let us know what issues you want to know more about. We want this podcast to serve all of your working life needs. Send me an email at caroline at carolinedoubthiggins.com. So, Diana, one of the things that I love about your work is your focus on helping people pinpoint their power. So tell our global audience what that means. And you go, you articulate it so beautifully in the book, which we'll talk about in a minute, but I think we need a better grasp of what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, you know, you may have heard people say, especially now um, in the U S specifically, but if, I know it's global. 
globally happening now, the Black Lives Matter movement, right? And any type yeah. of activism or any type of um, support, et cetera, where people will say, you know, I want to give voice to the voiceless. And for me, that's always kind of rubbed me the wrong way because no one is voiceless, right? Yeah. Everyone has a voice. It's just a matter of whether or not people are giving them the space to use their voice, if other people are listening to that voice, if they themselves are using their voice and speaking up in whatever form it takes. So for me, when I talk about pinpointing your power, another beautiful thing that I've seen out of this movement, this um, revolution in a lot of ways, is people are figuring out how can they contribute, right? You don't need to be in the streets marching or protesting. You don't need to be donating. You could be creating art. You can be doing a letter train. You can be doing all sorts of things. And that's what I talk about when I talk about pinpointing your power, right? It's figuring out in this context, what do I have to offer that is real and true for me, going back to that authenticity, and how can I use it to the best of my potential? How can I use it to the fullest capacity? And when you're able to figure out what your power is, and again, I'm using this these movements and all that as the example, but this extends to every part of our life, right? In your relationships, what is the best thing you can do for you that will then impact other people? What is the best thing you can contribute at work? What is the best thing you can contribute in the grocery store on a random Wednesday? Um, And it doesn't have to be some major, you know, upturning thing. It can simply be a smile, right? As cheesy as that sounds, pinpointing your power allows you to figure out, all right, this is the context I'm in right now. When I identify what it is that I want to come out of this context, what is the shortest path for me to get from A to B? That's simply what it is. Pinpointing your power is figuring out what tools do you have inside of you, around you, within you to get you where you want to go in the easiest uh, path possible. I'll tell you, when I was reading your book, uh, there was one particular thing that just made me smile, and I couldn't wait to have you on the show, so I'm glad we can talk about this now. It's the power of giving yourself permission to change your mind, because so many people lock in and they torture themselves saying, gosh, this this didn't work out, my, my perfect plan, and now I've got to navigate a new journey. Talk to us about that courage to change your mind and how it's okay if it doesn't work out. You can chart a new path. Absolutely. So using a personal example, this really came up for me right out of grad school. So um, earlier I spoke about, you know, how I got into coaching officially, but that was a short version. The long, long short version is my first job out of graduate school. um, I took it because it was really going to put me on the path of my career that I wanted. All the other job descriptions when I thought about, you know, senior leadership in this industry all had an entry-level position in housing and residence life, or the majority did. And I figured, all right, well, this is kind of the step I need to take. This is the path that those before me have forged. And when I got into the role, on paper, it was fine, but the lived experience wasn't quite what I wanted, right? It didn't feel good. It didn't, it didn't line up with what I had envisioned in my heart of hearts and mind of mind. But I stuck with it because in my mind, I had gone to graduate school, I had moved across the country, I told people this is what I was doing, I'd given my word, I'd given my commitment. And while I was doing all the things on the surface that looked good, successful, et cetera, et cetera, when I would go home, I was wiped out, burnt out, frustrated, writing resignation letters that I never officially sent to the point where a few months you know, into the second year of the position, we were told, my colleagues and I, that they had reorganized the department, which we knew was coming, 
But as part of that reorganization, they eliminated our position. So we were all laid off. Didn't see that coming. And for me, that was the prime example of not trusting my gut. Because again, I had had the feeling of this isn't quite it. But because I squashed that, that sense down, I ignored all my instincts. And I stuck with it because this is what I'm quote unquote supposed to do. I had given my word to this thing. I had invested time and money in school and trainings and all of this to get to this point. I didn't give myself that permission to say, you know what? I don't want this anymore, right? I don't want this anymore. And because I opted out of the decisions that would have taken me out of that role on my terms, I was pushed out of the, or not pushed out, but I was, you know, removed from that position, not on my own terms. And when I talk about rewriting the narrative and giving yourself permission to change your mind, it's really about taking ownership of your life and saying, you know what, I'm doing this on my terms. This isn't working out for me, whatever it might be, whether it be, you know, professional, romantic, personal, et cetera. I'm going to trust myself enough to know myself that I need something different. And I'm going to trust myself enough to know that I can find something different. Um, And it's really about redefining what it means to lose or what it means to succeed and really keying in on the reality that, again, you only get one chance at this thing called life. So why do things that don't make you happy? Right. As long as you're not being a heinous human and, you know, negatively impacting people around you, what what are you missing and what can you fill in? And are you, again, trusting yourself enough that you will figure it out along the way? Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your own personal story. That means so much and, and, and helps us as we look at you as an extraordinarily successful woman to know you've got these challenges, too. You're human. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we all um encounter things that are that are unexpected. And I'm grateful. Thank you for sharing that. So Diana, I, I love the work that you're doing uh, to help people become better allies in the Black community. And I know recently you led a workshop that used the clarity coaching principles mm-hmm. to help people um, you know, better connect and, and determine how they could be allies. Tell us about that and, and how you guided participants through that. Absolutely. So this workshop really um, was really special to me in a lot of ways, because again, with all the things that were happening between May and June, I was just sitting around, one as a Black woman, you know, realizing that people are literally setting the country on fire, trying to, you know, argue whether or not people who look like me deserve to live. That's really what it comes down to. And we deserve to live full lives where we're able to thrive and survive and navigate the world just like anyone else. So on one arm, there was grappling with that reality of like, y'all, it's 2020. <laughs> like, let's get it together. And then on the other arm, as a coach and you know, an entrepreneur and a businesswoman, I was seeing so many conversations happening within the business arena, right? So I was seeing, you know, coaches get called in for their lack of support and their um, missteps when discussing these topics. I was seeing, you know, big name businesses being called in for what they were doing or weren't doing. And if their message messages of support that they were, you know, quickly typing out in white, white font on a black background saying, we support you, was lining up with their business practices and what they had been doing for years to years before. So I was seeing all of these things. And, you know, it may have just been the 
the context in which I was looking, but I wasn't really seeing things for the everyday person, right? Like not everyone is a social media manager. Not everyone owns a business. Not everyone is a CEO. They're just regular schmegler people <laughs> trying yeah. to navigate the world with this new understanding of what they had previously ignored or not realized. They were having this awakening and they're frantically trying to read all the books, watch all the films, listen to all the podcasts, and like cramming for an exam at the end of the semester, kind of, because the test is the next day. And I really wanted to, you know, have a conversation and create a space for those white and non-Black people of color who were now understanding or now seeing what Black people have been talking about for centuries. Yeah. And how do you now um, integrate what you're reading, what you're learning, what you're understanding into your day-to-day -day life? Because it's more than just a trending topic. It's more than just a one and done thing. This hopefully is a lifetime commitment to doing something different. So the workshop really called folks into think about, you know, in your day-to-day -day life, like what can you be doing differently, right? Now that you know the things, now that you recognize that Black people exist and that we have feelings and that, you know, we are important to the fabric of this nation, the fabric of the world, what are you doing in your small spaces, in your circles of influence, of your in your circles of control that can carry that forward? Because what I'm hearing you say is that you want to be a different person. The way that you were acting before, the things you were consuming before, the things you were contributing to, to before don't align with the person that you say you want to be. So how do we make this a smooth transition for you so that it doesn't just end at the end of you know the summer? It doesn't just end when the bars open up again and you can go back out to brunch, you can go on vacation and all those distractions of the world come into play. So it was really a blend of, you know, core tips and strategies for how to navigate these conversations with yourself, defining your level of commitment, what to do when you have pushback from people who aren't used to this side of you, um, because there is going to be pushback from people who may not have the same beliefs and values that you are now you know, upholding within yourself. So how do you navigate those difficulties and how do you tap into your motivation when, you know, it gets exhausting? Because I'll let you know, it is exhausting to have these conversations. Um, so how do you navigate all of those things? So it was a mix of strategies for that reflection question so that, again, you can really drive in for yourself, what does it mean? And then a Q&A at the end, if anyone had any questions that they wanted to bring up. Wow, that sounds amazing. I bet this is uh, just blossoming. I bet you're doing quite a few of these. Absolutely. So I've recorded it because I realized, you know, not everyone can carve out, you know, one particular afternoon to do it. So it's actually available on my website now as a self-paced course so that folks can just go in um, and listen at their leisure, revisit as they need to, because I'm very proud of it. I've gotten great feedback and responses. I actually had one attendee say that, you know, she went out on a walk with three of her white friends and they had the most authentic conversation they've ever had about race based on what she learned in the workshop a few hours prior. And that was really powerful for me because again, I'm seeing all these things happen. This impacts my life directly. It impacts the lives of everyone directly. So the more people we can have figure out how to make this again, real and true for themselves, the better. 
Wow. Diana, I have learned so much from you today. I am grateful for your time and your expertise. And I want to tell our global audience about your book. It's called The Clarity Workbook, a step-by-step guide to getting what you really want. And of course, it's available on Amazon and at all major book retailers. Thank you again. I am just delighted to get to know you. I want to mention your website because you said uh, the workshop is available there and it's also got some other juicy resources. It is Diana R. A. Morris, M O R R I S.com. So Diana R. A. Morris.com. Diana, thank you. Thank you so much. And if you like our show, subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud, and even better, leave us a review because this helps new audience members find us online. And let me know what career-minded issues you would like for me to feature on a future show. You can find me on Twitter at C. Dowd Higgins. And a special thanks to my podcast colleagues, Laura Deck, Executive Director of Publicity and Communications, and Claire McInerney, Executive Producer. Thank you for making this show awesome for our global audience. I'm Caroline Dowd-Higgins. Thanks for listening.